Grumbar is the god of elemental earth. Grumbar is a stubborn deity unflinching in his resolve to remain unchanged. His faith espouses much of these same traits, revolting against any drastic change, while praising the facets tied to the elemental plane of earth. I'm Ben Dignan, and welcome once again to Religion in the Realms. Titles Grumbar goes by the following titles Earthlord, King of the Land Below the Roots, Gnarly One, Boss of the Earth Elementals, Living Mountain, and Earth Father. Grumbar is known as Etugin or Etugin in the Horde Lands. The Horde Lands are also known as the Endless Wastes. This far eastern region borders the eastern continent of Karatur. Here in the Horlands, Etujin is known as an earth elemental goddess. Grumbarans and Grumbar care little about this difference in gender, held in veneration to the east. Portfolio and Domains Grumbar holds the portfolio of elemental earth, along with the portfolios of solidity, changelessness, and oaths. Grumbar's suggested domain for 5th edition is knowledge, though I would suggest nature on top of that, though only really focusing on those aspects of nature tied to the earth. Appearance and Manifestations Grumbar is depicted most often in Grumbar and art as a massive, hulking earth elemental. His arms are large and muscular, and both his eyes shimmer like rubies. And maybe it is that his eyes are actual rubies. When seeking an audience with Grumbar on the plane of Earth, people suddenly find themselves in a massive open-air-filled cavern. On the other side of this cavern can be seen a stone wall. A large face will then form out of the stone and speak to those immediately before it. Once the conversation has concluded, the stone face will merge back into the stone. Some believe this to be the face of Grumbar himself. Others think that instead is one of his powerful elemental servants who act as an intermediary. Grumbar's avatar is a 25-foot-tall earth elemental. Each step this avatar takes causes the earth to shake. Grumbar's voice emanates from this form, sounding like rocks hitting and grinding against one another. To Grumbarans, the appearance of any earth elemental is viewed as a direct manifestation from their patron deity. Grumbar is also served by and makes use of the following creatures. Zorn, Chrysmals, Kargra, and Lava Children. Any sort of tremor or earthquake is taken as Grumbar's disfavor, while the discovery of veins of ore, minerals, and or gemstones is taken as a sign of Grumbar's favor. Abilities The divine ranks of Grumbar along with his fellow elemental deities is a bit of a mess across the editions. Initially in 1st edition, Grumbar is given the rank of a lesser power. Early on in 2nd edition's Forgotten Realms campaign, campaign box set, Grumbar and the other three elemental deities are listed as quasi-powers. 
Though going forward in second edition, there was most likely a decision on the part of the writers to make a shift in the categorization of the four elemental deities to that of greater powers. This would continue into third edition. While we know Grumbar to have been a primordial entity, fourth edition was the first edition to place the primordial tag upon him. Fifth edition has not provided us with the divine ranks of the elemental deities, but I would still imagine them to be categorized as greater deities. While described in third edition sources, no hard statistics or abilities are listed out in a stat block for Grumbar. Second edition's Faiths and Avatars, however, provides us with the abilities and statistics of Grumbar's avatar. This avatar has access to all spells from the Elemental Earth and Healing Spheres, along with the Elemental Earth School. The avatar's primary strategy, though, is to crush their foes with immense strength. As long as the avatar stands upon the Earth of the Prime Material, the avatar is treated as a native of the Prime Material. Therefore, the avatar will remain immune to spells and abilities that affect extraplanar beings. The avatar is also immune to any spells that would disrupt their physical contact with the ground, spells such as levitation or reverse gravity. The fists of the avatar hold the ability to strike through any magical protection held by a landborn creature. This means that creatures who can fly retain any such protections unless said protections are related to the earth, for example if they had stone skin cast upon themselves. The avatar can leave the prime material for the plane of earth so long as it takes two full rounds to merge with the earth beneath their feet. Personal History Grumbar was one of the four primordials who did not war with the gods at the time Abur was split from Toril. Perhaps for this reason, these four primordial elementals were allowed a place among the rest of the gods of the Faerunian pantheon. It may be due to their primordial nature that these four maintained standing as greater deities, despite small populations of worshippers, Kazuth aside. In all recorded history, the Avatar of Grumbar has only been seen four times. The first time was during the creation of the Great Rift. The Great Rift was a former massive canyon that existed in southeastern Faerun until the spell plague caused it to completely collapse into the Underdark, forming what then became known as Underchasm. The source books do not describe any of the other three times Grumbar's avatar made itself known. Grumbar reportedly never found himself as an avatar on the Prime Material during the Time of Troubles. But I have reason to doubt what the source books say. After all, the source books said the same of Kazuth until the 3rd edition source book, Serpent Kingdoms, came out in the 3rd edition era and stated otherwise. During the Second Sundering, at least according to The Sentinel, a novel written by Troy Denning in the Sundering series of novels, Grumbar had become involved with Luthic. Luthic is from the Orc Pantheon. She is the Orc goddess of caves, fertility, and healing, among other things. She is also the wife of Grumsh. It is posited in the novel that Luthic and Grumbar had become lovers, or that Luthic sought out Grumbar to protect her from Grumsh. Either way, Luthic wished to gift Grumbar with the Eye of Grumsh. I 
Do you believe this is the very eye that Corlon cut out from the orc god in the mythic past of the universe? This powerful artifact allowed Grumsh to see what transpires upon the plane of Toril. Now this is going to get a bit confusing, but Shar had a desire to remove Grumbar's influence from Abir Toril at the time. The Sundering series of novels takes place at the tail end of the Spell Plague era, transitioning into the Second Sundering. For 4th edition, Abir and Toril had, had combined once more. Shar intended to cut Grumbar off from Toril once the Sundering of Abir and Toril took place. Grumbar's presence and influence on Toril disallowed Shar from directly connecting the Shadowfell to that of the Prime Material. With Grumbar's influence removed, Shar could rise in power and reign supreme over her fellow deities. Shar had learned of this new relationship that existed between Grumbar and Luthic. Shar thus blackmailed Grumbar into leaving, with the threat of reporting to Grumsh of his wife's disloyalty. Should Grumsh be made aware, it would awake such a rage and savagery of godly proportions. It did not help matters either that Shar would seem to have convinced Grumbar that any sort of love or goodwill held between him and Luthic was one-sided. Shar explained that Luthic was using Grumbar just to extend Luthic's influence further into the subterranean spaces of the planet. Luthic did not feel this way, however. Whether it was love, friendship, or something else, Luthic needed to show Grumbar that she indeed shared his feelings. Luthic stole the Eye of Grumsh and tasked some of the key characters of this novel to deliver it to Grumbar in a Grumbaran temple found in Underchasm. One of the key characters in this novel was a chosen of Sunni. In order for the Eye of Grumsh to be accepted by Grumbar, a sacrifice of one from a pair of lovers had to be made. Their death needed to occur at the moment the offering of the Eye of Grumsh was made. Doing so would bind Grumbar to Toril, thwarting Shar's plan. The group traveled to Sadrak's spire found in the middle of Underchasm. I will describe the particulars of this location later when discussing particular places of worship. They were harried by both Shadowvar and orcs trying to claim the Eye of Grumsh, but in the end, the Chosen of Sunni gave her life up to protect her partner, and the Eye of Grumsh was accepted by Grumbar. Now, time to do a bit of speculating. The blog post put out by Chris Perkins back in the summer of this year where he discussed canon comes to mind. Specifically the part about how what is written in source books for the current 5th edition is separate canon from that found in novels and previous editions of the game. Now I did take some issue with that post, but that's an entirely different conversation. Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide still has Luthic listed in the Orcish Pantheon. Volo's Guide to Monsters section on Orcs and their Pantheon makes no mention of how Luthic, as she is found in the Forgotten Realms, is presently allied and or romantically evolved with Grumbar. So where does that leave us? I think it's best to view the storyline that came out of this novel as a branch to an alternative timeline, one in which Grumbar now is together with Luthic. It's a fun prospect to dwell on, but ultimately I think with what 5th edition has given us so far, it isn't canon to the source books. 
At the end of the day, use which lore you like best in your own games. Personality Grumbar is listed as a deity with a true neutral alignment in every edition except 4th edition. In the 4th edition alternative alignment system, Grumbar is an unaligned deity. Grumbar is said to be the same as the day he first came to be. History has done nothing to change his bearing. To Grumbar, he has never seen a reason to change the status quo. He hardly says anything. Grumbar instead is a vigilant and constant observer. He knows much of what secrets and power lies beneath the subterranean regions of the world, and Grumbar guards this information. Compared to someone like Kazuth, at the very least, he cares somewhat for his mortal followers. Personal Realms In the Great Wheel cosmological model used in 1st edition, 2nd edition, and is the assumed default model for 5th edition, Grumbar resides on the inner planes of the elemental plane of Earth. In the World Tree model used in 3rd edition Forgotten Realms, Grumbar resides on the same plane, despite the different cosmological model. The elemental plane of Earth does not contain two or more layers like that of the outer planes. Informally, this plane is also called the Anvil. The plane of Earth is a hard place for outsiders to exist on. There is little to no air to breathe. What little of it that there is can be found in air pockets. What doesn't help, though, is that such places are then inhabited by monsters who layer there. Travel is further inhibited by the endless amounts of earth and stone that often needs to be burrowed through. Tunnels dug through the earth will eventually come to collapse in on themselves in a matter of days. However, the plane has an inherent magical quality that allows elementals native to the plane to pass along their natural and or magical gifts to move through dirt and stone to those who touch them. Though the inhabitants native to the plain are aware of methods to keep dug tunnels and holds from collapsing against the intentions of the plain, all manner of stone and rock is found in the plain of earth, along with all varieties of ores, metals, and gems. The plain of earth is home to two other powerful elemental entities. There is the evil Ogremok and the good Sunus. These two wage an endless war against one another while Grumbar finds it amusing to watch their endless struggle. When Grumbar notices one side is winning over the other, he will subtly assist the losing side to bring it back to his stalemate. On the elemental plane of Earth, Grumbar's personal realm is known as the Great Mountain. Unfortunately, I found no other information on this realm. Within the World Axis cosmology present in 4th edition, Grumbar resides in the elemental chaos. Here his realm is known as Roothold. This realm is made up of a multitude of subterranean halls. Some may be connected to one another via tunnels. Others require spells and or abilities that allow someone to pass through stone to access them. The Roothold contains all varieties of metals and gems in their raw form but also contains all the dangerous creatures and features who make their home in stone and dirt. Allies and Allegiances All alliances Grumbar holds are minor in nature. These alliances are held with deities associated with the earth in one way or the other. These include Geb, Mohorandi deity of the earth and miners, 
Garl Glittergold, head of the Gnomish pantheon concerned with gem cutting, among other things. Dumathoan, true neutral dwarven god concerned with buried wealth, gems, and mining. Ladiguer, lawful evil dwarven god concerned with artisans and protection of Dwergar. Rogalan, lawful neutral halfling demigod concerned with earth and death. Kirtlemak, evil patron deity of the kobolds and god of mining, among other things. And Scoraeus, Stonebones, god of the stone giants in the giant pantheon. Enemies Grumbar has two enemies. The first is the elemental goddess of the air, Akadi. Grumbar does not take well to Akadi's ever-changing whims and nature. Grumbar's second enemy is Ertlin, the evil gnomish god of greed, bloodlust, and hatred. Symbols In the Faerunian pantheon, Grumbar's faith has two known symbols. The first is mountains on a purple background. The second is a singular mountain often found upon a purple background. Central Dogma From Faiths and Pantheons, a 3rd edition supplement. Quote, The Eternal Grumbar is perfect and unchanging. Strive to be more like the Eternal One not to change or allow change to happen. One's given word is the bedrock upon which a stable society is built. To break an oath is to cause a crack in the foundation of civilization. Go forth and spread the word of Grumbar, and show through your works the stability and safety he brings. End quote. Presence of the Faith much like his fellow elemental deities, worshippers of Grumbar hold a varying degree of alignments. Chaotic neutral, neutral, neutral evil, neutral good, and lawful neutral, typically. Aside from his clerics, often there are Grumbaran monks and rangers. In spite of being a greater deity, Grumbar holds a small following in Faerun. It appears that the four elemental deities are not held to the same divine rules when it comes to their power levels being dictated by their number of worshippers. Some may see all four faiths of the elemental deities as nothing more than glorified cults. This is in spite of the fact that these worshippers are granted divine gifts and powers, not unlike the others who follow the rest of the Faerunian deities. The alien nature of all four elemental deities and their relative small followings, aside from Kazus, often leads to the misconception among other Faerunians that these faiths are just cults pretending to be actual faiths. Those in the Horde lands venerate two of the four elemental deities, though with different aliases and personas. These nomadic people can be found moving between the eastern border of Faerun and the western border of Karatur. The first elemental deity is Akadi, who they call Tainless. The second is Grumbar, who they know as the goddess Etugin or Etugin. Etugin allows the steppe people's herds to propagate, provides them with healthy pastures, and grants protection against diseases. Unsurprisingly, Grumbar is one of several earth-based deities favored by Earth Genasi. Hierarchy and Structure of the Clergy Collectively, Grumbaran clergy are called Earthwalkers and or Oathbound. Grumbaran monks are collectively called Cornerstones. Their clergy has a significant male majority. 
Following the time of troubles, it is said each of the elemental deities removed all clerics from within their clergy and instead replaced them with specialty priests. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be familiar with second edition mechanics and classes. From the little understanding I have, there were branches off the core divine spellcaster class, which is either called a priest or a cleric, I'm not sure. One of these branches was the specialty priest. My guess is that this is just player options influencing the lore of the setting more than anything. Since if you go past 2nd edition into 3rd edition forward, Grumbar and all the other elemental deities have clerics. 3rd edition is also a rule set I have little familiarity with, so maybe there are specialty priests for that edition as well. Though I have yet to see any mention of them throughout the books I end up looking through for research. The Grumbaran faith saw the addition of both a monk order and crusader order at this time as well. I think crusaders were only a second edition character option that were paladin adjacent, but held their own key differences. Monks and these crusaders were added to fill the hole left by the Grumbaran clerics. Though you'll see that by 3rd edition these crusaders have been replaced with rangers. The loosely organized Grimbaran faith has individual sects called holds. Each hold has seven specialty priests, seven monks, and seven crusaders as described in 2nd edition. Or each hold has seven clerics, seven monks, and seven rangers as described in 3rd edition. Beneath those 21 members are any number of lay followers. Little to no communication occurs between the individual Grumbaran holds. Each hold has a high priest or priestess. Typically, all members of a given hold share a similar alignment. Most clergy stay put in the location they put down roots, though few do go out to preach to the wider continent or fulfill other divine errands. There is brief mention of there being druid circles devoted to individual elemental deities. In nomadic societies, like that of the Horde Lands, there are Grumbaran shamans who serve those communities with no affiliations to the aforementioned holds. I know shaman is yet another type of divine spellcaster different from that of clerics and priests in 2nd edition. It might be that shamans are more equivalent to druids in 5th edition. I honestly don't know. The ranks of the Grumbaran faith in ascending order are the unspoken, who are the novices of the faith. Faithful Bedrock, which is the first rank of full clergy. Granite Flagstone. Righteous Rock. Buttress of the Faith. Steadfast Pillar. Devoted Tribune. Loyal Architrave. Founding Fist. Unchanging Bastion. Surmounting Arch. Loyal Vault. And Keystone of Grumbar. Responsibilities and Duties of the Faithful If you are to find a Grumbaran, it is not unusual to see them preaching in public about the dangers of traveling out on the open waters or spell jamming. Instead, they espouse the need to travel the breadth of the land of the continent instead. Just as their deity is rigid in his persona, so too are Grumbarans. They are often against any sort of change in social norms, government, and or within their own faith. They tend to dislike any major project that goes on to change much of the natural ground, such as the building of a dam. Their stubbornness extends to faiths outside their own. 
Resistance to the expansion and activities of other faiths may be passive or active. They are just as likely to summon elementals to tear down another faith's physical progress or stir up dissidents unaffiliated with their faith. A Grumbaran is to act with thought and purpose, though. No decision is to be made with haste or lightly. The Grumbaran faith is to adhere to the plans for the year that their superiors have set out to accomplish. I will touch on this a bit later when discussing rituals. Oaths are of severe importance in the faith. Oaths are as much a divine tenet as they are an important promise for a Grumbaran. No Grumbaran gives an oath lightly, and to break one of their oaths is to risk exile and excommunication from the faith. Orders and Priestly Bodies The singular order of monks mentioned before is known as the Disciples of the Changeless Face. These monks are a Spartan and serious monastic order. Their chief goal is to archive knowledge. With their archives as a resource, they can then determine when drastic changes are being made in the region around them. Plans are then developed to counter these changes. The Grumbaran Crusader Order described in 2nd edition is called the Sardonyx Knights. They are charged with guarding Grumbaran places of worship, protecting those few Grumbarans who venture out to preach, and to punish those of their faith who have broken their oaths. I don't know if it is safe to assume that this Order of Crusaders in 2nd edition went on to be an Order of Rangers in 3rd edition onwards. No source I looked through mentioned as such. I'll leave that to each of you to decide. Appearance and Dress The Grumbaran ceremonial garb is designed to make the clergy look as stocky and sturdy as possible. They wear a brown cassock over their torsos, a brown leather hood or hat on their heads, a large cloak on their backs that is a mixture of grey, green, and rust brown. Beneath the cloak are stiff and extended shoulder pads, and platform clogs are worn over top soft leather boots. It's quite the outfit. Each Grimbaran holy symbol is carved into sardonyx or ruby. That gemstone is then inset in a ring or pendant. When adventuring, Grimbarans wear clothes and footwear similar in tone to that of their face's favorite colors. They favor bulkier clothing, again to make them look as sturdy as possible. They are allowed to wear any type of armor that best protects them. Rituals Grumbaran clerics and priests pray and choose their spells at dawn. The dawn is a time to thank Grumbar for not moving or shaking the earth beneath them while they slept. Grumbar is often given offerings of sardonyx, jasper, and other gemstones. Such offerings are engulfed by earth once given. Sardonyx and Jasper are said to be Grumbar's preferred gemstones. Statues of Grumbar will often bear either of these gems or rubies as the Earth Lord's eyes. No real direct communication ever seems to be made from Grumbar to his followers after accepting such things. But in return, Grumbar may grant some sort of magical protection or knowledge of what lies beneath people's feet in the rocky ground. Unfortunately, no discernible pattern has been determined as to when Grumbar gives anything in return. Stories tell of how some Grumbarans have gone their lives giving offerings to Grumbar with nothing in return, while others are rewarded with finding a rich vein of ore 
with mere lip service. There's one holy day in the Grimbaran faith. It is held on the day of midwinter that occurs between the months of Hammer and Alturiac in the calendar of Harptos. This unnamed holy day is used to celebrate the passing of a year, then to also make plans for the coming year. Once those plans are set, Grimbarans stick to them come hell or high water. While no sourcebook says it, I can picture Grimbarans literally setting these plans in stone and placing them front and center in one of their places of worship. This would serve as a constant reminder throughout the year of what needs to be done and what has been completed. Finally, during this holy day, the Grimbarans swear their oath of land walking. They swear to never travel through the air or across water unless their life is on the line. That last sentence was taken from 3rd edition's Faiths and Pantheons. 2nd edition's Faiths and Avatars discusses the oath of land walking as well, but frame it more as an oath taken as a requirement to enter into the Grumbaran clergy. The 2nd edition sourcebook tells us about other specifics to this oath. A Grumbaran may never travel through the air unless to protect life and limb. If a Grumbaran does find themselves traveling through the air, they may lose all connection to their powers granted by Grumbar. Traveling across water is allowed under certain circumstances. First, to found a new place of worship in a new land. Second, seeking out needed minerals and metals that are unavailable to Grumbaran's current location. Finally, to research the emergence of a new elemental from or with a connection to the plane of Earth. The Brotherhood of Earth is a rite much like the Kazuthan rite called the Unity of Fire discussed in the last episode. Upon now being capable of summoning elementals from the plane of Earth, a Grimbaran is to spend a day fasting and praying. At the end of the day, they summon forth an elemental. The elemental is gifted with gold and gemstones to bring back to Grumbar. General Features of Places of Worship Grumbaran places of worship are only ever made of stone. These locations often have vaulted ceilings to make those within feel as if they are down beneath the surface of the earth. The walls of these sites are decorated with both precious stones and minerals. Other Grumbaran sites are well hidden and secreted away. Some are housed in natural caverns, others are crafted in such a way to blend in with the terrain that they are housed in. Specific Places of Worship A temple to Grumbar was found beneath Sadrach's spire. I mentioned this temple back in the personal history section, but I will describe this former temple that now lies in ruins. Sadrach's spire was found overtop Underchasm. Underchasm itself being this nation-sized chasm that spanned from the borders of Chisenta in the north down to the borders of Halrua in the south. Underchasm was formed out of result of the spell plague, replacing the great rift that once stood on the surface. I do not know now if the Underchasm has since been filled in after the second sundering or not. Sadrach's Spire is named after a wizard who was deeply involved with and devoted to elemental magic, as well as the four elemental deities. Beneath his spire were four temples, one for each elemental deity. Sadrach attempted to protect himself and the inhabitants of his fortress with his magics from the destructive energies of the spell plague. 
Unfortunately, the blue fire warped the spire, and he and the others became bound within the very walls of the fortress. Grumbar's temple here was really more a shrine, if anything, given its small size. The walls were decorated with uncut gemstones. A mountain-shaped dais sat in the center of the room, and was formed out of seven sides. Each of the seven sides was made of a different natural metal. At the top of the dais was an open, seven-fingered hand, large enough to comfortably sit a medium-sized humanoid. Entomok's boon isn't necessarily a holy site for the Grumbaran faith, but I bring it up since it has ties with Grumbar. This cavern is found a day's travel away in the Underdark from Bligdenstone. It is a large cavern with three stone pillars in the center of the cavern floor. Deep gnomes attempted to contact their gods in this location during the time of troubles. In between the three pillars can be found the runic circle they created that still radiates conjuration magic. The clergy of Sogojin Earthcaller were able to bring forth an entity known as Entomok from the plane of Earth. Entomok is described as a consort of Sunis, twin brother of Ogremok, and son of Grumbar. This is the only mention of any sort of familial relation existing between these powerful earth elemental entities. Therefore, I do not know how much credence to give this claim, despite being mentioned in official sources. The ties to the elemental plane of earth are strong here. Spells that are tied to earth and the plane of earth work at their maximum effectiveness inside the cavern. The location is also a prime spot to create magic items that hold powers and spells of a similar nature. Deep gnomes keep this location secret for fear of the attention it might attract from outsiders. Though the gnomes here are unaware of the temporary two-way portals that form in the cavern when an earthquake or tremor shakes the cavern. These portals lead to a random location on the plane of Earth. The holiest site of the Grumbaran faith is found in the eastern mountain range called the Muragal in Haurua. The Hauruans call these mountains the Eastern Wall as well, as these mountains form the eastern portion of the large Walls of Haurua ranges that close in their nation from the rest of Faerun. The site can be found in the southern portion of the Eastern Wall. Rumors about such a place began emerging in 638 Dale Reckoning. Most Grimbarans attempt a pilgrimage to this site once in their life. Frustratingly, I was not able to find any more information given about this site. Perhaps it was one of the other places Grumbar's avatar manifested on Faerun. Other secret Grumbaran shrines can be found in the Spine of the World Mountains in the northwest of the continent, the Giant Spire Mountains that separate Damara and Narfel, the Wu Pi Tishao Mountains in, the, in southwestern Karatur, and the Orzron Mountains in western Termish. Kalthan is one of the several pirate isles found out in the Sea of Fallen Stars. The halfling and human population are Grumbar and Faithful. They profess that Grumbar is the only force keeping Umberly from sinking the pirate isles. Strong storms come in the winter season to batter the pirate isles. Lending further credence to their claim was when Umberly came before the island of Kalthan during the time of troubles. She could not wash the island of Kalthan and its peoples away into the sea. 
All houses and other buildings on Kelthan had been built out of unworked stone by summoned earth elementals. Same can be said of the dikes and stone sea walls that produce any damage from the sea. Each village on Kelthan is led by Grimbaran clergy members who serve as heads in the respective villages. The locals allow smugglers to harbor along the island's coast. The smugglers are expected to make an offering of gold or silver to Grumbar as payment. Also, the Grumbarans make the smugglers swear an oath to bring any of their dead back to the island to be buried in catacombs. As it is, tossing a body over into the sea is a practice done in veneration to Umberley. Thus, the Grumbarans definitely want to limit any further influence of the sea goddess around their island and the city of Eshperta is a tavern that doubles as a shrine to Grumbar. This tavern is called the Roots of the Earth, or simply just called the Roots. The tavern serves a rougher clientele that is made up of mostly miners. The tavern owner, who is a former miner, speaks to how he received visions while trapped beneath in a cave-in. Character Options For 2nd edition, the Earthwalker specialty priest can be found in Face and Avatars. For 3rd edition, the Elemental Archon Prestige class can be found in Faiths and Pantheons. The following is a breakdown of the features that I think someone deeply involved in Grumbar's faith as an acolyte or otherwise would have for their background in 5th edition. For their two skill proficiencies, Religion and Nature. For their language and or tool proficiencies, either proficiency with jeweler's tools or mason's tools, and then primordial as a language proficiency. For the equipment, there's the acolytes from the player's handbook, or the guild artisans from the player's handbook, though I would suggest using some of that starting gold to start out with a Grimbar and holy symbol. For your ribbon feature attached to the background, there's the acolytes shelter the faithful, and then the hermit's discovery feature from the player's handbook. Next is just a list of subclasses that I think would be thematically appropriate for an NPC or PC to take if they are a worshipper of Grumbar. For the cleric, there's a knowledge domain from the player's handbook, and I also suggest a rework of the nature domain to specifically have spells and features related solely to an earthen theme. For the druid, there's the circle of the land from the player's handbook. I would suggest the subcategory there of the mountain Circle of the Land Druid in particular. For the fighter, most fighter subclasses typically are generic enough. I think personally this champion fighter would work best from the player's handbook. For the monk, there's the way of the four elements, selecting only the earthen spell-like abilities from the player's handbook. Now for the paladin, oaths are of particular importance in the Grumbar and Faith, though there really isn't an earth-based theme paladin. But I got to thinking about it a bit, and I think an Oath of Devotion paladin would really work, but it would take a bit of a rework to make it work thematically. For smites, for example, rather than maybe doing radiant damage when you smite someone, perhaps instead it would do thunder damage. Then for the specific Oath spells for the Devotion paladin that are always prepared, you could swap out the default ones for spells that are earth-based instead. For the ranger, there's the hunter and beastmaster from the player's handbook. 
For the sorcerer, there's the divine soul sorcerer from Xanthar's Guide to Everything. Finally, there's the for the warlock, there's the genie patron warlock whose patron is a Dao. Dungeon Master Options To start, here's a list of available 5th edition stat blocks for non-humanoid creatures that could be related to Grumbar. From the Monster Manual, the Mud Method, Magma Method, Dust Method, Gargoyle, Earth Elemental, Galobdur, Dao, and Zorn. From Tomb of Annihilation, the Giant Four-Armed Gargoyle. From Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage, the Lava Child, and Big Zorn. From Mordekind's Tome of Foes, the Earth Elemental Myrmidon, which is also found in the Princesses of the Apocalypse module, and the Zeratan. To touch on some non-humanoid monsters not currently available officially to us in 5th edition, there are Chrysmals, who are small elemental creatures that resemble scorpions and are made out of stone and crystal. As such, they have a wide array of coloration. By simply touching other minerals, a chrysmole can form smaller versions of itself. Within each chrysmole are found rough gemstones. It attacks primarily with its scorpion-like tail. If it is desperate, it is even capable of launching its tail from range at their enemy. Stat blocks for the chrysmole can be found in 1st edition's Monster Manual 2, a 2nd edition Alcadim module called Secrets of the Lamp, and 3.5's Expanded Psionics Handbook. Cargra do have an official 5th edition stat block, but it is found in the lesser-known small bestiary called Mordenkainen's Fiendish Folio Volume 1. It was put out for charity on the DM's Guild a couple years ago in only PDF format to my knowledge. I'll put a link for it down in the episode description. Because of this, I will describe the Cargra in detail here. The Cargra are elemental creatures native to the plane of Earth that are considered pests and scavengers. These small creatures can burrow through Earth with relative ease. They have a taste for ore and metal, and it forms a large part of their diet. Cargra have conical bodies with a wide one-foot mouth at their front filled with metallic teeth. The mouth opens like that of an iris of an eye, as the Cargra quickly churns its way through stone and dirt, expelling that which is non-nutritious to them. The creature has two eyes at the front, and three arms that are held in hardened natural sheaths along its body. They have no desire to eat flesh, but they are known to attack those wearing metallic armor and wielding metallic weapons. They can be found in 2nd edition's Planescape Monstrous Compendium Appendix 3, a Monstrous Compendium Fiendfolio, and 1st edition's Fiendfolio as well. To round out the section on monsters, the following is just a list of humanoid NPC stat blocks to represent various Grimbarans. Keep in mind with the spellcasters, you can always swap out their list of spells for spells that are much more fitting. From the Monster Manual, there's the Acolyte, Priest, Druid, and Archdruid. From Princes of the Apocalypse, while these NPCs are Ogremok faithful, I do think they can be reskinned to be Grimbarans. There's the Sacred Stone Monk, the Black Earth Guard, Black Earth Priest, Stone Melder, and Burrow Shark. As with Kazuth, I couldn't find any specific magic items that are related to Grumbar listed in any Forgotten Realms sourcebook. 
Either way, I will move on to suggesting some thematically appropriate magic items that are currently listed in official 5th edition sources. From the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's the Armor of Invulnerability, Bracers of Defense, Dust of Disappearance, Dust of Dryness, Dust of Sneezing and Choking, the Yellow Diamond version of the Elemental Gem, Potion of Climbing, Ring of Earth Elemental Command, Sending Stones, Stone of Controlling Earth Elementals, and Stone of Luck. From Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, The Battering Shield, Coin of Delving, Dispelling Stone, and Reincarnation Dust. From Fizban's Treasury of Dragons, Ruby Weave Gem. From Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, there's the Earth Elemental Shard. From Princes of the Apocalypse, the Devastation Orb of Earth. And then I would suggest maybe reskinning the Iron Fang to be in line with Grumbar and not with Ogremok. From Storm King's Thunder, Orb of the Stein Rune. And finally, from Xanathar's Guide to Everything, Ruby of the War Mage. Alright, thank you for listening to Religion in the Realms. If you're interested in keeping up with the release of future episodes, you can follow the podcast Twitter account at Realms Religion. These episodes are also uploaded to YouTube as well. The podcast's YouTube channel can be found under Religion in the Realms. Audio versions of the podcast can also be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Podcasts. If you wish to get in touch with me with any questions or just want to chat, my personal Twitter is at ShivsEmbrace, or you can send an email to realmsreligion at gmail.com. In the next episode, we'll finish up with a group of elemental deities as we look at Akadi, the neutral goddess of error. Just as a reminder, I did cover Istitia in the past, back in episode 8. Until next time, may Timora look kindly upon your dice rolls, Helm protect you, and Lathander light your path. Music for this episode, The Escalation, by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0.